All right. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Dr. Simone's Mindspace. I'm super excited to have my friend and mentor and fellow psychologist and uh, professor at um, Fordham and NYU um, with me today. And actually today we're gonna um, shift gears. Dr. Fritz will be the one interviewing me today. And the topic is one that is a topic that is quite taboo and not talked about very much. It's about um, fertility and issues with, with having a child. So um, actually, I'd love to give the word to you and to be in the seat of the interviewee instead of the interviewer today. Thank you for being on the show. All right. A pleasure to be on, on Mindspace. Um, yes, we worked together a few years ago when you were in New York and you were training everywhere and uh, we did some clinical work together. So it's, I'm happy to join you now and uh, talk to you about something I actually see a lot in my practice where I'm working with um, um, women um, and couples who get to a point in their life where they want to have a child. And then when they go to have trial in a natural way, experience difficulties. Um, and that can be a very emotionally exhausting and, and traumatic time when you can see other people, peers, friends, having babies, you go to have it yourself and all of a sudden there are complications. Right. And your whole medical world of learning about fertility. So I thought we'd start with that. Um, that um, we'll be finding out a little bit more about when you first started to have difficulties and what kind of help you first sought and what'd you learn? Sounds good, yeah. Um, do you want me to dive right in and say something about it or um, uh, in terms of that first question? Yeah, if you can go back to- Totally. Yeah, go back yeah. to that, that first, um, that, that time in your life. Yeah. Um, I've been, Looks like um, we have a little delay. Yeah, yeah. Let me check if I can fix the internet a little bit better. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll speak. Hopefully, this will this will do some magic. Otherwise, we're going to have to keep in mind that we're on satellite. Yeah. I'm in New York. Exactly. and you're about seven, six or seven hours away six in hours Switzerland. Away. Yeah, in Switzerland, exactly. Um, yeah, let's let's keep our fingers crossed. Internet will work better. Um, yeah, so I um, I was on birth control for like almost my entire life, right? I would almost say uh, adult life at least. And um, this has been been something very um, normal for me. But I mean. Um, when it comes to to fertility, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so, uh, if, if I don't take the birth control, I will be pregnant immediately. And then going off birth control to start this idea of having a family, I thought it will happen immediately, which is obviously not happening. It's not really realistic, but you still have that fantasy of, 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 of this would be. And then he, after several months of it not working out, I um, went to see uh, uh, my 
my general um, gynecologist and um, she recommended to just chill out and um, just um, go on vacation and, and, and take some mm -hmm. um, natural, some, some like natural medication for, for support. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I've heard people told to, after trying for I think a year, that's when you may want to go to a higher level of treatment or an approach to it that is more medicalized. Is that what happened for you? Uh, no, we actually started earlier because my doctor referred us in pretty immediately after it not working after seeing her um, to to um, the university hospital for um, checkup and not wasting time. And um, so that that was actually um, in in. Um, a pretty sort of then you think like oh now now the magic happens now it will work because you sort of include medicine and mm -hmm. it was problems with my low hormone levels so it was on my side and and um not something you had to do more than just fix the hormone levels and uh <laughs> which we tried for many months and it didn't work. And even though it was just fixing the hormone levels, the entire process was more or less the same like an IVF um, treatment, mm -hmm. except for extracting the eggs. And so it was really, really impacting me both me mentally and physically were so mentally actually because the hormones have especially me who had a very low level or has a very low level of natural female hormones the change was very drastic and i felt very depressed and had just felt really miserable during this time of these mm -hmm. different cycles i see and so um Initially, after trying to do so naturally, you go to your doctor, your doctor eventually suggests that you go through hormone treatment. There's hope again, hope that the hormone fixing will result in baby that doesn't happen. And there's an added uh, effect of all of this having an effect on your mood mm -hmm. and your emotional well-being. Yeah, very much so. And I knew um, that the effect of hormones from, from taking birth control in the beginning, which was a very bad effect on me. And so I was afraid of what it would mean to take hormones. And obviously the hormones you take to have a child is much higher than the birth control one. And yeah, it was proven my, my sort of expectation was was not false and um, I just the sort of keep on going every month was also to not have these roller coasters of low, low and high hormone levels and also obviously a coping strategy if, if, if it doesn't work you just try again and try again and try again and we did so for like 10 cycles and then 
I had a really bad cycle and lots of side effects and back pain for like three weeks, feeling like I had like a, like a nerve that was twisted or something like this back pain, which mm-hmm. can hardly move. And, um, and then I was like, it's so much worse. It can't be to do IVF. And then we decided mm-hmm. to do IVF and it was much worse side effect wise because the hormone levels were yet another level higher. And then that didn't work out either. And so after that, I mean, both my husband and I were pretty destroyed, both mentally and physically exhausted from all these tries and how much, I said, how much failure can one take? How much, you know, like how many times can you not succeed um, in doing something until you really give up? It was too Mm -hmm. hard. How did you you cope? And you mentioned both you and your husband were exhausted and destroyed. Um, how did you cope? You had each other. Were you able to talk about it? Did you have other people to talk about it with? Yeah. So so throughout the year, it was really difficult because that whole hormone, these hormones really impacted my mood. And I felt really a lot of anger and frustration around it. And and him also feeling probably similar and uh, and we we couldn't really help each other so it was a lot of tension in the relationship and I was also concerned about what it means for our relationship going through this so we got some support and we worked with a professor from Colombia actually to go a couple therapists to work through this which has been really really important to me and to him, I think as well, that we have this support where we have a place where we can talk. And he says, actually, it's a safe space to talk, right? It's a safe space where he can openly share what's going on inside. And I think it's really fascinating how much we can learn when we're in therapy. And even for people who are very, very where to whom like therapy is very foreign it it can be really a very healing in experience and now we actually decided to take a break and I think it's very very good to have that break now until we'll try yet another time in June hopefully but it I think we both are in a very different place now um because of that break and and okay and so you you've taken a break have you continued to get the support and in the couples therapy and the relationship work absolutely yeah and for someone who might who would be listening to this who who may be in a similar position um what is something you can tell them to further encourage them to seek out this kind of assistance and if they do what kind of person should they be looking for? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important to get somebody who is very qualified as a couple therapist, because you put a lot of eggs into the basket when you go to a couple therapist, because normally one of the partners is maybe not as open to go to therapy, 
And when you convince that one person to actually come along, then you don't want to sort of have a negative experience that then will be reinforcing the other one saying like, well, I knew it was not going to be a good experience and, and nobody can really help us, right? So I think if you go to your own therapist already, or if you know someone in your, in your friends uh, that, that knows someone, I think is, is that way to go, right? You find somebody you can trust through resources you have yourself, or you ask your, your treating doctor for a suggestion, that is also a possibility because usually they can refer to a specialist, uh, a therapist that does work with, with the topic of infertility or works with couples. And that I think is really important. So we have the, and I think what you're talking about highlights how the, um, the experience of infertility and the stress and the pain associated with the process affects both members of the couple differently, but nonetheless, both of you. Absolutely. And, and that there aren't generally many outlets for people to talk about this. It's usually something people keep pretty private. Mm -hmm. And if they do talk about it, it's hit or miss as to whether people who you talk to would have any idea of what you're going through. Right. And I think this hit or miss is a very good point you're addressing. I had to learn that my family members, except for my brother, were not really, to me, the, the first resource to talk to. And you sort of have a very high expectation on these people to, to, to respond in a way that you that is supportive for you in that moment. But that does maybe not, that's maybe not the case. So maybe find people to talk to who have a professional background to talk to first. So you get the support you need and then you can still reach out to friends or, or family members if you think, think they can be an additional support. But I personally feel that this this has learned me yet again to, to actually seek help elsewhere than expect this from, from somebody you're close to. Mm -hmm. And I imagine um, in, in us talking about it and you being vulnerable and open enough to talk about in this form, um, you may be connecting the people who are going through this. And I think it's important to you know, you have a lot of well-meaning people around you who love and care about you, but if they have no idea of what you're going through, they could be trying to do their best to say nice and positive things to you, but those things can hurt when they really miss the mark in terms of what you're going through. Yeah. Um, it's, it, battling, uh, working through infertility is not just, you know, just about just trying harder and, it, and positive and it will happen. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very difficult process to go to. And I think a lot of times the hope is, is affected by the experiences of failure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for, for somebody, both my, most, I think people who, who experience this uh, infertility, they're maybe not used to this repetitive failure and not used to dealing with something so out of control 
Um, yeah. And after, after the, I was going to ask you, what did it take? Because you mentioned going through 10 cycles. Um, 11, actually, with the IVF, but yeah. 11 cycles. Um, at what point in that process did you seek out um, professional help to work, work on it between yourself and your husband? I think it was somewhere in the summer where we sort of, um, after the summer where I felt like we, we, we just, we just couldn't help each help ourselves anymore. Like we got into too many arguments and it was too negative for the both of us. And you, you sort of, yeah, it's, it's like this, this putting oil into the fire where we're both are hurt and vulnerable and frustrated. And it just, it just, we just couldn't, couldn't get out of this. Um, and we would trigger each other all the time. And, and then we, we, I how many, that, yeah. How many cycles into that process were you in? Were you halfway through or? We have about six, seven, or eight. I don't even exactly remember, but around eight or something cycles. Um, yeah. But it took the realization that the quality of the relationship was at where there was a lot of negativity and, and fights where they hadn't been. You both were probably. Yeah. yeah. We never had arguments that. like that before we started the, the, this. Um, fertility treatment. We never ever had this kind of fighting at all before. And it really is, I think, because it's such a new experience for both of us to, to be people. And I think a lot of people will probably can resonate with that to be um, really hardworking, very driven, very successful in what we do. And if we try harder, if we work more, if we do more of um, write more research papers, uh, work more extra hours, we, we will get where we want to get, right? Uh, or do train harder in sports and so on. And with right. this- and I, and, I, and I know you as someone very driven, ambitious, you've been very successful at, if you're working at something, you're going to get there um, eventually in whatever way that you can, just as you said, study harder, write more research papers, explore this, do that. But you end up in this kind of situation where um, some of this is, a lot of this is not within your hands. And, and that feeling of, wow, no matter what I do, I have to wait until something's out of my control to work. Mm -hmm. So hard. So hard has been so now you're on a break for a few months what is it like now what's it like it's so good <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel so we had one week of vacation together unfortunately we are apart right now because I'm working in Switzerland he's working in Sweden so unfortunately we're not together right now but we had one week of joint vacation <laughs> which was so magic we had vacation without needles, without mm -hmm. hormones, without planning having sex, without planning having drinking or not drinking and, and just, just nothing. And it was so nice. We had wow. our relationship back, right? We had our, 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 yeah, our 
the way it used to be back. Mm -hmm. And so up, up ahead though, you're going to go, you're gonna, you have this time apart, you had that time together, but you're gonna go back to trials again. Um, is anything different now about starting again? Do you feel like you're better equipped now that you've gotten some support and um, gotten this rest? Do you think something will be different about this time? Hopefully you'll also end up with what you've been striving for. But I think in terms of coping with it, what do you anticipate? Yeah, so I, I call them maybe a bit unfortunate, but I don't know, for the lack of a better explanation for lay people, soft factors. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very easy to focus on the sort of the hard factors being like the science, right? You know, that the hormones and the, the, the sort of all the, the medical part, how the follicles grow and everything. But the soft factors being like the relationship, the stress within yourself, the sort of fantasies around having a family and, and, and all, all these aspects of it, I think, especially distress. And that is not just the soft factor. That is actually a hard factor too. You can measure the cortisol levels. Um, but, but those being really important. And because I think this break is a real break, it's not a break where you look at, at your watch constantly, which I felt if we had done a break earlier, it would have felt like that. But because we tried everything, including IVF, now we sort of know all the, all the ex, what to expect. What to expect from the next cycle about the, the IVF treatment. I know now what, to, what, what will happen, even if I know it's scary and it's terrible physically and emotionally, it's still, I know what to expect some level of uncertainty is gone. And I do feel that the both of us have sort of grown closer to each other through this process, especially through this last process of the failed IVF cycle was the first time we sort of felt the experience of, of it not working out together, rather than me finding out and having to sort of share the, this information with, with my husband, we sort of found out together. And I think that was a very important experience that it was not me first and then him having to sort of understand it too somehow. And, and um, having this break now and being able to regain some energy and, and sort of being out of that sort of keep on going, 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 going without a break is I think really good. Um, I didn't mm -hmm. expect it to be as good as it, it feels right now. Um, because I was like, maybe we'll, we'll be thinking about, oh, the next one, the next one. Um, but I don't really feel like that. I mm -hmm. feel it's really helpful. And um, I feel stronger to go into the next cycle also talked about the importance to um, maybe do more than just a couple's therapy once I feel um, depressed again, once I feel bad. Also mm -hmm. shared with my husband to be aware more when it comes again mm -hmm. that my, my mood is dropping because of the hormones and that I would, for example, do more 
one-on-one -on -one private yoga classes, which is something it really that really helps me um, to start that earlier, to not wait until it escalates and we are in fights again. Okay. So I'm, I'm hearing um, so much valuable advice. Uh, if someone is listening and is um, um, experiencing what you're going through, there's some great insights here from your awareness now through having grown through this, all the things that you could do to better watch out and take care of yourself. Um, now the increased awareness and closeness in the relationship between you and your husband and that you've grown through this experience. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking actually that if someone were to want to talk to someone who's going through it and not say the things that are out of meaning well, but unhelpful, um, maybe we can talk a little bit about, well, how can someone be a better listener or a better friend or a better member in terms of how they help on who's going through this? Yeah, I think that's a very important um, question you you raise because I think is exactly this. For example, what I felt very non-helpful is this, oh, you should take a break. Um, to me, as a therapist, I know this is a, isn't it? And I, I'm curious what you think, but to me, this is, um, this is an expression of, oh, it's too much to carry. I can't listen to this. It's too heavy to, to carry. Um, let's just take a break, right? It's like closing your ears. What's your, I'm just curious um, to hear what you think. <laughs> that's right. Um, I, as a therapist, and when I'm helping people through this process, I avoid um, telling them what to do or how long to do it or what not to do. Um, there's plenty of that out there and it isn't helpful. Um, I usually encourage them to create and seek spaces where they can be open and honest about how it is and how painful it is and what the experience is. And to do that to a certain extent on repeat because there aren't enough outlets for us to safe space, talk about what's going on with us right. across a variety of different traumatic experiences in absolutely. life. Absolutely. Um, so if you're listening, my suggestion would be if you know somebody who's going through this, you don't have to offer suggestions. You don't have to tell them to take a break or not to take a break or to ask questions like, when are you going to give up? Stuff like that. All you need to do is honestly and genuinely say, I'm here if you ever want to talk. I'm here if you ever want to just vent about how hard it is or if you want to go do something to take your mind off of it. Whatever you want to do, I'm here. Right, exactly. And I think it, acknowledging that it is really hard. I, my best friend is a very good support. She actually said at one point, you know, it's like really, um, you're really, you're really strong of doing all these cycles, like, or I admire you for being brave to do this. Um, acknowledging that it must be really hard instead of pushing away the feeling of, of it being hard or share like, oh, let's just have a nice evening today. Let's just don't talk about it. I mean, it's just, th this, is, this is things I've heard and I got so frustrated because it's like, 
complete dismissal of, of how the situation is difficult. And, and th this one thing about taking a break provoked me very much because I felt like it doesn't help me to hear I should take a break because right now I don't feel like taking a break. It's not helpful for me to take a break right now because it's a way of coping for me to keep on going. And also uh -huh. it's not a break if I, as I mentioned before, check the time all the time. So when I'm ready for a break, I will take a break, but I don't want to hear it from somebody else. Mm -hmm. you're, on a, you're in a process and you're on a journey um, mediated by what you need, what you and your family, your husband needs. And um, I love that. Acknowledge where you are, acknowledge how hard it is, but allow you to make your own decisions around it. Mm -hmm. um, we can go, maybe we should, as we at the end of our discussions, pick this up again. Um, but yeah, thank you for being so open, honest and genuine and sharing. And I think someone listening to this um, could have, would have learned a little bit better how to be a supportive friend or would have also learned from you about your experience and how their experiences, there may be some things that you could share in terms of great ideas. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for asking me and, and creating this safe space to share. And yeah, if, if anyone listens to it, please do not hesitate to give feedback or ask questions to me too. You can always email me or text me over Instagram at Dr. Simone and um, yeah, thanks for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day. And um, thank you Fritz from New York for being here and um, we'll, we'll take this up again um, for sure, promise. Bye.